0: Hello! So, on this episode, I'm going to talk about family relationships and about my life, which is something that I tend to avoid because, on one hand, I'm afraid to bore people and I am also rather secretive. But I've also realized that these are the type of episodes that I enjoy listening the most, and I thought it was time that I'd add to the conversation and share my story too. Because this is very tied up with my childhood and my family, I didn't know how to share this without involving involving them so much. And I didn't have the tools, the words or the healing that I needed yet. But since this is my space to share, I'm going to share my perspective while also acknowledging that we are all human we make mistakes and we do the best we can with what we've got. The title of this podcast is a reference to the movie Encanto. Um, it's it came out recently and it's it's I think it's beautiful. It has a lot of representation, which I think it's very important. And it's been great to see kids feeling like they can be the hero of their own story. And like the colors and the the cultural stuff, I think it's great. However, even though they showcase a lot of toxic behavior within families, I don't think the solution. I don't think there's any resolution. I think the message is like family is family and you gotta, you know, forgive them. And even though I think it can be possible sometimes, it's not always like that. And I think it's okay. I don't think that everyone needs to have a tight, close relationship with the family. It doesn't work like that. Humans are more complicated than that, I think. Within my family, I personally have seen the codependent and narcissistic um, dynamic. To be honest with you, I have tried to record this podcast different ways. And I think the most um, logical, in a way... Um, format is that if I tell you about two people that are outside of my family but that made me realize about this dynamic specifically about narcissism so when I moved to London and I found my first job in a restaurant it was really fun like I went there and it was like a summer camp where you get along so well with people and joke around all the time and you don't really want to leave. It feels like a family, but um, I got close to this one guy. For me, he seemed very interesting because he was half French and half Lebanese. He, we would have a lot of philosophical conversations and he would joke around with me a lot you know the typical restaurant hospitality flirting um and we started talking more and more and one day he invited me to go to Brighton with him for a whole day the only day we were both off since we worked in shifts And to be fair, it was a lovely day, like we talked, we walked around, we talked, he paid for the meal, even when I insisted on paying half and half. Because back then I was a feminist and we worked in the same place and we earned the same money. And so I I didn't think it was fair. But anyway, uh, on the way back, we were talking about work and relationships. And my idea was and is that it could actually work like a relationship with someone that you work with. I think that it can work if both people are mature enough to leave work outside of the relationship. Um, And he said that he was against it because work was his priority and he wouldn't know how to handle that. So in my mind... I had opened a tab in my browser for, like, a relationship, like, exploring, researching for this guy, and after being a little sad about this declaration of his, of not mixing work with love, I was like, okay, I just closed the tab in my browser, in my mind, because that was his position, and I respected it, you know, case closed. But, <laughs> um, but then on New Year's Eve, we went to a party with a bunch of people from work and my manager, who was a Spanish and had become a friend, told both of us separately, if you don't go for it, if you don't kiss her slash him, I don't think he- she or he will so... Just do it. And I, again, I had closed that tab. So in my mind, I was just dancing. But then he came and he kissed me. In the back of my mind, I knew that it was a it was a bad idea. I was going to get hurt. I knew that he didn't want the same things that I did. But at that time... My brother had had an episode related to addiction and my parents were divorcing and I felt really alone because it was the first time I spent Christmas outside of Spain and without my family. So, and I was also in that mode that I talked about in my last episode in this podcast that badass attitude nobody has my back so I have to have my back I'm independent I don't need no one and so I just let myself enjoy that um because honestly I really like the guy and not to add yet another excuse for myself and my behavior but we both had drunk a little bit but we both knew what was going on So back in the party we started making out uh, in the middle of the place and so we decided to go back to his place. Um, We were both honestly too tired to do anything but we slept a little bit and then the next morning we went back to work and it was really awkward which was exactly what I didn't want. We hung out outside of work a couple more times and it was like awkward but cute, like in the beginning of the relationship, you know, when you start getting to know someone and like, and it's someone that you really like and stuff. But then he went to France for his holidays and when he came back we went for a beer and he told me that he didn't want to continue whatever we had because... We didn't want the same thing, which I knew from the beginning, but still hurt a lot because I really like this guy. So because he said he wanted to go to Canada and I wanted to go to Thailand, even though I had said Taiwan a thousand times, but let's just, okay. (laughs) And I was like, okay, but what about now, you know, because I'm not going to Taiwan tomorrow. And he said that he wasn't really ready for a relationship. And in my mind, I respected that, of course, and I understood. But I was very confused. So I asked, then why did you kiss me? And he said, oh, I was just very drunk. Uh, It hurt a lot. It was like a stab in the heart. It shattered. Um, And the next months were be hard because we still work together and also he was in a weird mind space because there was like another guy that I found attractive that worked nearby and he would bring us things from his restaurant in exchange for what we had in ours one day I was talking to him and the French Lebanese guys had the nerve the mendacity to talk over me and like try to push me me to the side there is this expression in Spanish that is ni contigo ni sin ti which translates to something like no with you but also no without you. <laughs> so and it's it's a very strange and confusing feeling. Like he wants you but he doesn't want he doesn't want you but he doesn't want you without him either. But eventually um he moved to another shop, and I started working in a specialty coffee shop, and I actually met another version of this guy, but this time, it was an older version, and he was my boss, it was my head barista, everyone loved him, he was intelligent, he was funny, he was like a bro, so he was basically the opposite of the French-Lebanese guy, because the French-Lebanese guy was like... He was very similar to Bruno in the movie Encanto in the sense that he was not an extroverted person. He was reserved and he didn't really have many friends. So yeah, it was kind of like the opposite. I started working at the same time as this other girl and I noticed how we did the washing up and the service rather than coffee like being behind the machine and at first we were trainees so I I understood you know but after a while I noticed the pattern because whenever a trainee that was a male would come he would be immediately in the machine and I just I was like whoa after a few months I started going to other locations as well Um, And the head baristas in these other locations would be really impressed with me in how fast I was and how good. But I was still a trainee and they were really surprised. But they couldn't do anything because the one that decided who got promoted and who didn't was actually my head barista. One day I remember asking him directly and him becoming the victim and making up excuses as to why he, I was still a trainee. He would be impatient if I made a single mistake while at the machine. But he would be super permissive with everyone else. Like, he would be really patient and teach them things and he just didn't talk to me and he would just expect me to be excellent and not make a single mistake. And also when we would hang out after work, he would tell me, Oh no, you're doing great. So I was very confused. After London, I stayed a few months in Spain at my father's house, mainly to save money while I prepared my trip to Taiwan. And I noticed in myself how I was acting as my mother. For example, he would delay washing the dishes. To the point where there were no more cutlery or plates and then he would complain that there were no <laughs> cutlery or plates and i'm like well that's because you haven't cleaned and he was like no you can do it too and then when he go back from work he would just watch like hours and hours of a tv series um we had a conversation during that time when he told me that I didn't talk to him anymore and that I seemed to have like a hard exterior and that he missed the sweet girl that I once, I once was. I was really hurt by this and during that time I tried to spend as much time as I could outside of the house because I felt so trapped and to the point where I started um talking to my current therapist because i thought this behavior was fucked up and it wasn't okay when i talked to her i told her about this little theory that i had and this is when i finally understood the the dynamic of narcissism and codependency and the balance which is interdependency so i told my therapist that i thought that my father was narcissistic not a narcissist because i don't really have a phd in psychology and i don't i don't know but he definitely had had some traits then my mother has always been the codependent person and i have taken traits of codependency from my mother and then after the divorce I was put in my mother's place and my brother was put in my father's place with my mom. I won't talk about that because that's their relationship and I'm not in that relationship so I cannot talk about it. But that's what it felt for me with my dad. I think that we learn everything from our surroundings as kids so it makes sense that we take our parents' traits. And for me, it made sense as well, the fact that I attracted both the Lebanese, the French Lebanese guy and my head barista. So for this next part to make a bit more sense, I'm going to tell you a bit more about my childhood. I want to preface this by saying that I'm fully aware that I'm privileged in having a shelter, food, food parents that were mostly around access to education, etc. I'm not sharing my story to ask for pity at all. It's more about what I've learned and how I've learned about narcissistic and codependent relationships. And I feel a lot but I'm still a codependent in recovery, just for the record. For the astrology nerds like me, I am a Taurus son. my father is a Libra, my mom is a Sagittarius, and my younger brother is a Leo. So imagine me, sensitive as fuck, trying to live among two fire signs and an air sign. My father traveled a lot for his job, and he actually told me one day when I was really little that I became really angry that he was going away. When he came back to the house, he said that he had to regain my trust and my love because I was still pissed at him. Um, We moved cities when I was six years old or so. And then one day I was missing my friends from my previous house. And my mother told me that to deal with this, what I had to do is to not cry, but think instead. And I'm sure she intended really well, but as a a Taurus sun, Cancer rising, this was traumatic and it made me feel like I couldn't show my emotions. And from then on, I put up a wall around my emotions because I couldn't feel them. I've always also been extremely sensitive to noise, smells, touch, even lighting. To this day, I hate the sounds of the clock. I get really angry and frustrated and moody just hearing that tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. I can't. Um, And also when a neighbor starts cooking and I'm not hungry or in the mood to smell food, I have to light a candle or an incense. I just can't stand it. Also with the light, if it's too bright, I am uncomfortable physically. I don't know how to explain it. And... And if it's too dim, um, I get annoyed as well. Like, I understand that some of these things are things that are not possible to shut down or like, and they can be a bit oversensitive, like a bit extreme to some people. But obviously, it's not something that I share or. Obviously, it's not something that I ask people around me to, like, not do. Um, I've found ways to cope with it by myself, but it's something that it's there. I've always been quite sensitive. And so with this childhood, which I was taken care of, it's not that I was beaten or anything, um, but... I was lacking in some emotional care, to be, to be honest with you. That's how I felt. So with this background, I went to two different schools. In both, I was bullied. The first one was when I was 13. All the girls in my class wanted to look cute and wear makeup and skirts. And I was so into books and focused on school and great so i was called a freak a nerd like ugly all the the, other other fun stuff you know and if i was hypersensitive before um with bullying what it did to me was that every time i heard people talking and i wasn't facing them i felt like they were talking about me because I was a teenager and I was overthinking everything. I was already insecure. You're already insecure when you're a teenager. So I also remember having this one friend. I'm still in touch with her. Um, and it was my first relationship where I felt really jealous. Like if she was hanging out with other people, I would wonder what... I had done wrong or what was wrong with me since he wasn't hanging out with me. And I would get really angry. I've been healing this and I'm not jealous anymore. Not to this degree. I still get insecure, but not as much, you know. I've been healing, I've been doing my work. I think I still have some insecurity in this sense when it comes to relationships but I've worked a lot through them through these insecurities and and this jealousy is not something that I do nowadays but it's one of the symptoms or the traits of codependent relationships. In my other high school as I told you in my previous podcast um, it was very catholic, catholic It was very religious and coming from where I was coming from, I wanted to fit in really badly. So I got really close to this girl whose mother was a teacher in the school. And I got so close to this girl to the point where if she wasn't, sorry, if she wasn't going to a party, for example, I wouldn't feel like going either. And if I I did end up going, I would feel out of place. Now, because I was not in a good place with the people in my class, I turned to my studies and my grades and my books and music as well. This time, the difference was that people would call me unoriginal because I was reading the same books that they were reading, which was like Twilight and like vampire stuff. But it was the only thing that saved me from honestly jumping out of the window because I had a lot of issues back then, you know. After that, uh, when I went to university to Madrid, it was much easier to make friends. People in big cities are much more open-minded and there was more stuff to do. Whereas in the Canary Islands where I was raised, it was just very tiny. I ended up going to therapy in my third year. So I dealt with some of my bullying trauma back then. And I retrained myself to know that when people are talking softly next to me or if they laugh, it's probably not about me. And I also learned to be a bit more detached and how to talk to people and be friendly, even though people were not my friends um I used to not ask questions and just let people talk to me so more often than not I would know people but people didn't get to know me because I didn't open up and honestly I don't see that as a problem anymore um having worked in hospitality has taught me how to do small talk kind of and so if I don't open up it's Because my intuition tells me not to trust those people and I trust myself. Anyway, back to the first time I told my therapist about this dynamic. She told me a phrase that I still have to remember from time to time. And that is that you can either save yourself or you can drown with your family. There was a third option that was trying to re-educate your family, but that takes a lot of time. It is ultimately up to them to want to change or not, and you may end up not changing anything at all. So I chose to follow my own path and heal myself. I've been reading and learning about narcissism, and there are a lot of people who talk about it, there is Dr. Ramani on YouTube, she helped me a lot. And Teal Swan has also a few interesting videos. I also read books about toxic relationships with both mothers and fathers. And I think that it's important to know and distinguish the personality traits to recognize it when you see it. But I also think that it's more important to heal within yourself the toxic trait that you have and actually hold yourself accountable for your actions. Apart from therapy and talking things out and crying my eyes out, to be honest with you, the first thing I did when I noticed this pattern was to write down all the things that I disliked the most about my parents since That's the root of everything. I wrote down with all detail, like taking all the anger out, why I disliked this trait so much and how it made me feel and why. And after I unloaded all of that, I asked myself and wrote down what things I disliked about my parents that I also did. It doesn't matter if it was another setting I still did some of those things. After that you can now decide what to leave behind and take concrete action to solve what you don't like within yourself. I'm saying this like it was easy and fast but it took me months honestly to complete this and It made me realize that I've always been codependent in different levels with different people and still am to some degree. Since I never felt that I was enough as a child, I've always lived kind of asking for permission just to exist. Even when I followed my own path and went to Taiwan by myself, I found myself trying not to bother anyone. But I've gotten better at asking for help because, well, when you travel to a different country with a, such a different culture, um, you either ask for help or you don't eat, basically. I also have the tendency to get attached very quickly to people and sometimes I do this love bombing kind of thing because i want people to like me which kind comes from abandonment issues but also makes me codependent to their approval and it often drains my energy because in some way i do expect to receive the same the same thing that i was given so what i do now is to give when i feel like it um without any expectations I just if I feel like it I will do it and that's it I also noticed that I have a really hard time trusting men in particular but anyone really and just I have issues being open because I've been hurt really bad and because I've healed a lot and I'm in a point where I'm really good with myself so unless you add to that goodness, I just don't want it. What I've learned throughout this experience healing this wound or setting is that since it was programmed since we were children, it takes a lot of time to heal. But at least knowing by experience and by working on yourself that I don't... I. I personally don't want to repeat my parents' relationships and some of the traits by knowing now I am more capable of changing my behaviors. So this is how I've healed and continue to heal my inner child wounds and how I take responsibility for what's mine. I can't do anything else but I do hope that this helped you in some way. This shit is very heavy and very difficult, but you're if you're going through something similar, you've got this, you're doing so well, you're not alone, and I'm really proud of you. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to me, and I'll talk to you soon.